Now, we had put every coin we had in that parking meter to make sure that we had plenty enough time to go grab something quick to eat. So you can imagine our surprise then when we came back to find that our car was next in line for the tow truck. Now, we were sure to make sure that the police officer knew that those orange do not park bags were not there when we left. And he made sure, respectfully, to tell us that that didn't matter because the sign down the street mattered more than any money you put into the parking meter. Okay? So we decided to turn our attention to the tow truck driver. Maybe he would let us off. Now, he was respectful somewhat, and he reminded us, well, that we should be thankful. Had we been there two minutes later, the amount that we would have to pay then would be a lot more than what we could pay right now. So we told him how thankful we were. We were respectful, too. But we told him how thankful we were. We went back and forth, and then we assured him, you know what? If you wanted to, you could let me go. If you wanted to. Now, maybe as Jesus' fame has quickly spread, as Mark has told us, maybe the leper found out that this guy, Jesus, can do what he wants to. He has authority. He's teaching with this authority. He's healing, and he's doing his exorcism with authority because he wants to. And if maybe, just maybe, I can go to him, and he would want to heal me. Now, whether he knew it or not, he picked the right guy to go to. But I want you to think about something. You think about some of those traditional images we have of Jesus. right? When I say the word Jesus, whatever face comes to mind. Think about that. It probably comes from some image you've seen somewhere. Maybe the gentle Jesus knocking at the door. Or the loving Jesus with the children in his arms, right? Or the Jesus with the world in his arms, looking over with care. Or maybe laughing Jesus, right? All these traditional images we have of Jesus, when we think about those, we don't typically think of Jesus as the troublemaker. But he was a troublemaker. You see, everybody knows, everybody, including Jesus, knows you stay away from these people with leprosy. You don't talk to lepers. You don't associate with them. Everyone knows this. Lepers were thought to be unclean as a way to keep their uncleanliness away from everybody else. They're pushed off out of town where they are to stay, not to be heard of or seen. Jesus knows this, but what does he do? He didn't ignore the man who came to him. He spoke with him. And then he didn't just speak with him. He went all AT&T on him, right? He reached out and he touched him. Now, you and I may think, well, of course that's what Jesus would do. Jesus loves us. But that is a big no-no. And just because he did this, 
And Jesus does, does something like this in other times as well. And I think what he's kind of showing us is that he doesn't care about your rules. But understand, because of that, he could be called a troublemaker. Now, there's another troublemaker as well. You see, this leper also knows the rules. Mark doesn't tell us, of course, whether he's been a leper all his life or not, but let's assume maybe he wasn't, that this leprosy was something new to him, so that we could suggest and assume that before he got leprosy, he probably knew the rules, and he stayed away from those people. He didn't talk to those people. He didn't associate with them. But yet, he decided, you know what? I'm not going to follow that rule. I'm going to go find this Jesus person myself. People would call him a troublemaker too. Likewise, it's very interesting. You may remember a couple weeks ago we, we read about the man with the unclean spirit that came into the synagogue that Jesus dealt with. If you had an unclean spirit, it was thought that you were controlled by this unclean spirit, that the spirit was inside of you and it wasn't you doing or saying it was his unclean spirit. But if you had leprosy, and remember leprosy is a catch-all word for diseases of all kinds, but if you had leprosy, more than likely, you were just getting what you deserved. You did something, and God was just taking care of you. You may remember the question that some of Jesus' disciples asked him one day, as they were walking along, they saw a man who was blind, and they asked him, Jesus, who sinned first, this man or his parents? In other words, they were saying, Jesus, there's something wrong with him. Whose fault is it? You see, this leper probably was thought as a troublemaker too, because he's just getting what he deserved. He did something that God had to deal with. That's why he is the way he is. As we think about this leper and and Jesus reaching out and speaking with him and healing him, I think it brings up a, a great question for us. When someone's brokenness is presented to us, how do we respond? How do we choose whether we will respond with compassion or something else? When someone's brokenness or need for healing is presented to us, how do we decide whether we will respond with compassion or something else? Think of the athlete who has some kind of struggle when that gets made known. Some people will automatically have compassion. Some people will automatically have something else. How do we make that choice? Think about the person on the corner of the street with the sign in her or his hand. Some of us will respond with compassion. Some of us will not. How do we make that choice? Or what we think about families who are in homeless shelters. Some of us respond compassionately. Some of us with something else. How do we make that choice if we will respond with compassion or not? Reality is, In some ways, we progress quite a bit. But we sort of take the same idea that Jesus was dealing with. Many times we will decide, we will determine 
if we will be compassionate based on whether we think that person or those persons is getting what they deserved, put themselves where they are, or whether it was out of their control or not. And based on how we feel about that, I think that often dictates how we respond with compassion or not. And that is a lot like what Jesus was dealing with. Mark says that Jesus was moved with pity, or maybe compassion, we might say. And as we think about the compassion of Jesus, that seems very easy for us to think about. Of course, Jesus had compassion. Of course, Jesus wanted to heal and wanted to do these things. But as you study this passage more and more, there's a sense of that word, pity or compassion, that comes across that it's very interesting. That, in fact, Jesus wasn't moved with pity, but that Jesus was moved with anger. Jesus was angry. He wasn't angry at the man. He wasn't angry at the person. He was angry at the system that put him there. He was angry at the troublemakers that put him there. The people who said, you know what, you deserve to be there. He was angry at the people who said, you just got what you had coming. He was angry at the people that took that man's hope away that told him over and over just how unclean he was. He was angry, perhaps, at the way everyone else around him had sucked his life away. Or as one commentator told us, he's angry at the human hopelessness over leprosy. Since that man had leprosy, that would define his life, and that would take his life away. So that when when the man tells Jesus, if you choose, you can almost hear Jesus say, if, if I choose, why do you think I'm here? What do you think I came to do? Of course I choose to. And friends, the good news for you and I this morning is that we serve a God that wants to offer to us that same healing. Of course I do. Of course I want to offer to you healing. Whether that healing is something that is controlling you or whether that healing is from something that you've got yourself into, of course I want to heal. And maybe what we need to do is stop listening to the hopelessness around us, the hopelessness that tells us you're just getting what you deserve. I hope you learn your lesson Last time, I'm going to tell you, stop listening to the hopelessness around us and listen to the one who says, I do choose. Now, Jesus, as our teacher, as our savior, as our leader, chose to be a troublemaker in that way. So we, in in turn, should consider being troublemakers ourselves being the ones willing to reach out when nobody else will, being the ones willing to give compassion when nobody else will, being the ones to offer forgiveness when everybody else thinks it's crazy, being the one who says good things instead of evil things, being the one set apart like we are called to be, being the troublemaker 
Jesus wants us to be. Now, we tried to make sure that the police officer, especially, and the tow truck driver knew that we weren't troublemakers. We just wanted a slice of pizza. But in the end, I had to pay the money anyway. And I just remember over and over, especially thinking about this passage, we told that tow truck driver, if you wanted to, you could let us go. And here's the reality. One, he didn't want to. That was money out the door. But two, even if he wanted to, it wasn't up to him. He had somebody else he had to answer to, didn't he? We gave him a little too much authority. And that reminded me that in our healing, we give other things a little too much authority. We turn to other things that don't bring the healing God wants. We turn to good advice, self-help, and other things that just keep us where we are. Well, as we've already said before, God has the authority to heal. And God chooses to heal. Something else about our healing I think we should realize is that we, we search for other things. And, of course, many people are remembering Whitney Houston, but I remember she asked the question once, where do broken hearts go? And the sad reality is they go anywhere but God. In our brokenness, we seek out those things that aren't God, that aren't life-giving. Now, to be fair, maybe some people don't turn to God because they feel like they can't go to God. Maybe they've been told they're not good enough. Maybe they've been told they don't go to the right church. Maybe they've been told they don't know enough. Maybe they've been told, get your act together first and then do it. God forgive, forgive whoever told them that, too. God heals the broken heart. God offers healing to all of us. Something else we have to remember, though, is that we need to respond with obedience. This is one thing Jesus asked this guy. One thing. Now, I'll admit, it's kind of a big thing. If I feel like I've had my life taken away from me, if I feel like everything's been, my life is just, and this guy gives me life again, I think I'm going to be a little excited. I think I'm going to want to tell somebody. But Jesus said, don't tell anybody. Now, there's another conversation to have about the messianic secret and what is Jesus really trying to do there. But we can look at the man himself and look what he did and gain something from that. He didn't listen. And maybe we say we can understand. Well, he was happy. He wanted, they're going to know anyway. They're going to find out. But the point is, he didn't respond with obedience. And that is just like us. God, deliver me or heal me from this circumstance. God delivers and hears heals us from our circumstance, and you know what we do? Same thing that got us there to begin with. 
God, I want you to heal my body. God heals your body, but then you keep doing what you did before. God, I want you to help me with my kids. God helps you with your kids, but then you treat them the same way. The relationship is still the same. God, I want you to help with my finances. God helps you with your finances, but then we do the same thing that we did to get us in that situation. We don't respond with obedience. God wants us to respond with obedience. God chooses to heal. God heals. And when God does, we should respond by one, being troublemakers ourselves, and two, being obedient to the word that God then gives us. So, we need to pray. Because our tendency and our need for healing is often to look to other things. And also our tendency is to, even when we receive healing from God, to really to keep on doing our own thing. So if you want to be more faithful to the healing that God gives and to the word that God gives to us, I invite you to pray with me now. Oh God, there is healing that all of us need in our life. We trust that you know what that healing is. And we trust that you have the authority and the power to bring that healing as well. So God, as we think about our physical ailments, as we think about our inner struggles, as we think about the brokenness we experience in our relationships, or the frustrations that set into our lives, as we think about all these kinds of things that we need healing from, we pray, God, for your healing to come. And we ask that you help us to accept your healing and then continue to be more faithful, continue to hear the word that you give us. In Jesus' name.